the name of Jesus. Shout unto him and say, Lord, I bless your name. I worship you. I magnify you. I glorify you. Because there is no other God but you. You are the greatest. You are the most exalted, the most crowned, the king of kings, the richest, the most powerful. There can never be any like him. Just bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Because you know what? All of creation will bow to him if you don't. The whole of the heavens right now is bowing and declaring that he is holy, that he is holy, that he is word of praise, that he alone is God. The whole of heaven is bowing to him now and is declaring that he is worthy to be praised because he is the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. And he alone, he alone deserves to be praised. He alone deserves to be worshipped. Holy hands unto you, O oh God, because 
of what you've done for us so that your name will be exalted in our lives now and forevermore until Jesus comes in whose name we have prayed. Amen. Let the church give Jesus a big clap of thank you for his name. Imagine that, imagine that, Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in God's house this morning? Yeah. Well, this is the only place where you can be free. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> this is the only place where you don't have to care about who is standing next to you. And you can shout as hard as you want. You can be as quiet as you want. But this is a place where there is absolute liberty and freedom to be what God says you are. Amen? Amen? And we do celebrate God every Sunday like this. And every other time that we are together, we celebrate Him because He alone deserves to be celebrated. Amen? Amen? All He wants us to do is to celebrate Him. And as we celebrate Him, the heavens open. Amen? As we celebrate Him, as we declare who He is, the heavens open. And God allows things to happen that will continue to make him great. Because that's who he is. He is really great. But as we do, as we celebrate him, as we break loose and celebrate him out of appreciation of what he's done for us, the world is able to see just how great our God is. Amen? And we will see that even as we give him room in our lives, even as we declare that he is God, even as we declare that he is Lord of our lives, greater things happen. Amen. Greater things happen. Because he wants the world to see that apart from him, we can do nothing. But when we celebrate him and he empowers us, the world is starting to see that even though we are weak, that even though we are unable, things start to happen. In the life of Paul, as we will see today, it says, extraordinary miracles happened. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Extraordinary miracles happened. A miracle is already extraordinary. And then when you describe it as extraordinary, it means what? Super, super. Yeah. Amen? And that is what our God is able to do. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Super, super miracles. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Do you want to leave this place today being a super, super miracle worker? Yes. yes. I want to challenge you that Jesus Christ is also ready, more than ready, more than ready yes. to make you a super, super miracle worker. Because he has released everything that is necessary Hallelujah. for his children to be super miracle workers. Yes. I am not saying it. He has said it. Yes. And you know what? When Jesus says anything, nobody can change that. Oh, yes. Amen? Yes. 
Because Hebrews 38 says he is the same when yesterday, today, and forever. He remains the same. He does not change. So who he was in those days is his, he is still today the same. Tomorrow he will be the same. And when he spoke out the word unto his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, saying, Ye shall receive power. He was not only telling them you receive power then and that's the end of it. You will continue to receive power. Yeah. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah. It is a power that is continuously going to flow. Yes. And he demonstrated it time and again. As we will learn from our, our scripture this morning. Yeah. I want to say a special welcome to our, our people from Scarp Brazil. Uh, it's great to have you here. Well, I've been several times to Scarp Brazil before uh, because I had a family friend who lived there. So uh, I've, in those days, I used to live in Calf, but I drove all the way to Scarp Brazil to visit them. I was there once every month for a very long time. And, and then also, uh, these days, I go there on bike. When I want to go biking, like 50 kilometers a day, uh, I go past Scarp Brazil, go all the way to uh, Bannerfeld, go all the way to uh, Arnhem and then come back home. Then I've made my 50 kilometers biking. So it's great to have people from Sky Preserve here today. And uh, hallelujah. Yes, and we trust that what you will hear today, you will take back home and that it will um, empower you, it will strengthen you uh, to push that same message of power that is available to every child of God, mm. so that you will spread that message throughout the province of Utrecht. Amen? Because yes. Scarpins is part of Kement uh, Utrecht, eh? No, no, not Kement Utrecht. It's part of Province Utrecht, in any case. So you will take that message to the Province Utrecht. Yeah. Right? Even as we are spreading it here in Province Caroland. Amen? Amen? So let's go in our Bibles to Acts chapter 19. Acts 19, and we want to read um, from the verse 1 to 20. I may not read it all, but we'll from time to time uh, make a reference to one of those verses. And as you will see in your bulletin, the summary of the sermon for today is there uh, with some verses that we might read or may not read, but they are there already given, so you can make a reference to them and confirm that what you hear today is not coming from mere man, it's also coming from the Word of God. And yeah. as you search through, and as you confirm those things, believe it, and it will become part of your life. While Apollos was in Corinth, verse 1, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? when you believed. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Let's pause for a moment and think very deeply about this question. It's a question that God is asking you today. It's the question that you need to answer. It's the question that you need to have a definite answer with guarantee, yes or no? That's the only answer. It's not a long explanation. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Yeah. It is yes or no. 
It can't be either way. There is no middle ground. And it's important to have an answer to this question because it determines whether or not you live to glorify God or you live to glorify your body. Only a life, only a life, and I repeat, only a life that is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost is able to live to honor Christ. Then the body, the mind, the soul is 100% submitted, subjected to the authority of the Holy Ghost. And he begins to walk in the authority of the Holy Ghost. Then he is drunk in the Holy Ghost. And when you are drunk in the Holy Ghost, you do extraordinary things. Amen. I want to challenge you to get an answer to that question today. When you feel, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believe? If you don't know the answer, then you are like me when I was 14. And I will tell you, I always give people examples from my own life because that is how Christ has educated me. He makes me go back and look at my ignorance in those days as I grew in Christ. And I always confess to them because it makes me understand what God has been doing in my life. I was teaching Sunday school. And I think I was first year in Bible school. And then somebody asked from the congregation, what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And I was standing there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Sunday school teacher, I didn't know the answer. What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And I didn't know the answer. I'm always, what you get is what you, what you see is what you get. That's me. I don't have a double life. Hallelujah. I told them I don't know the answer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What? But does that tell you something? It means also that I hadn't experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost as at that time. Because if I had experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they asked me what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I would have known what it is and I would have said, yes, this is what it is. Yeah. And I would have been able to explain in full details. Yeah. Are you understanding me? Yeah. But because I didn't know what it was, I couldn't explain because I hadn't experienced it yet. So my question to you is, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? It's not the same thing as you have gone to catechism and they have, uh, those of you who are coming from that church, you've gone to catechism in your Protestant church and they have told you who is Jesus Christ, who is God the Father, who is the Holy Ghost. It's the same Holy Ghost, but it's different when he has baptized you. And Paul, in asking that question here, was asking them, did you receive baptism of the Holy Ghost when you believed? And look at their answer. They were very honest like me. They said, um, you know what? Hallelujah. We, don't even, we haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost, let alone talking about his. <laughs> Amen? We haven't even heard of a Holy Ghost. It means they were 100% ignorant like I was when I was 14. Hey, are you also just as ignorant as they were? It's okay. 
But you have to be honest with yourself and with God. You can't deceive anybody. God knows if you have received baptism or not. Because he's the one who baptizes. Amen? God knows. Hallelujah. So if you haven't received him, don't be ashamed of not having received him. You simply come to him today and you say, God, today I want to be baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Because we will see later, he makes a lot of difference. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. The baptism and the power, the authority of the Holy Ghost in your life makes a whole lot of difference Amen. in how you execute your Christian faith. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul explained. He says the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John's baptism. He said, well, we were only, he asked them, so what happened? He says in verse 3, um, well, what baptism did you receive? Well, we received the baptism of John, they said. And Paul explained to them. John's baptism was baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And then Paul laid his hands on them. Mm. And the Holy Spirit came on them. Mm. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Mm. There were about 12 men in all. So after he has explained to them how they should believe in Christ and not just still remain in the knowledge, the obsolete knowledge of John and his baptism, he took them from that level, brought them up to the level of knowing Christ and believing him. And when they believed, when they transformed from just understanding what baptism was about during the time of John, and they were transformed into actually being baptized in the name of Jesus. Indicating that they had accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They then, Paul had the liberty to lay hands on them in prayer. And the Bible says, they all were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. God was so liberal. God was so free giving. That he gave. Did you receive? Let me come back to that again. Did you receive? Not a question, but let me emphasize on receive. It means when somebody asks whether you receive, it's an indication that something is being given to you. And receive means you are the one doing the accepting. The offer of the Holy Ghost has always been there. But have you decided, have you agreed with God to accept him? Have you agreed on God's terms to accept what he is giving you? Yes. Have you decided that God's terms are the best for your life? And therefore you accept those terms. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. If you cannot accept God's terms, you cannot accept his Holy Spirit. God's terms in those days and still today is that men believe Jesus as the one and only Savior of the world. Mm. The only one who forgives sins. The only one who can bring man to God. 
Man has to accept that. There are no other two ways. That's the condition. If we have not accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, there is no room for the Holy Ghost to come in. Because you are still on your own. You are still under your own authority. You are still determining what should happen in your life. Until you surrender, until you submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there is no room for the Holy Ghost to come into your life. So, what have you done to receive? Have you believed Jesus? Have you surrendered 100%? Have you said in your heart of hearts, I will not determine what happens with my life. I'll let God determine what happens with my life. Yeah. I mean, have you, on a daily basis, actually gone on your knees and said, Today, God, lead me again into this world, and may I live to honor you. May I live to please you. May I talk. As I was coming uh, to check this morning, then I passed a certain house. And uh, I remember the incident that happened uh, several years ago, probably 10 Ten years ago, a lady lives in that house. And when I passed the house, the Holy Ghost reminded me of something. And I tell you, I say, what you see is what you get. This is who I am. When I'm angry, I'm angry. I let it out immediately. And then, then I say, OK, it's finished and done. When I'm happy uh, with what you have done, also, I'm, I talk about it, and you see that it is done. What you see is what you get. There are no two sides of me. This lady I'm talking about, when I was passing the house, the Holy Ghost said to me, hey, do you remember several years ago you confronted this woman here in front of her house? And I remember that incident. And I said, oh, yes. The Holy Ghost, you know what? I'm not proud about that incident. Because there is no way I can go and stand before her and tell her I am fully baptized child of God because she will remember what... I and how I confronted her in those days, and I would be ashamed of myself. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what God in the Spirit does. He brings us back and shows us where our weaknesses are. And then when we say, Lord, I'm sorry, I need you to cleanse me, I need you to forgive me, He will do exactly that. He will yeah. give you another opportunity. He'll give you another opportunity to make things right. Make things right with yourself, make things right with him, but also to make things right with people around you oh, yes. that you have offended. Yes. That you can no longer be proud to stand before them and say, I am a Christian, I am a pastor, I am an evangelist, I am a representative of Christ. Look, men and women of church, if we want to represent God in full authority, we have to be 100% like him. Yes. Mm. And I mean 100%. And God means 100%. When he speaks, there is thunder and lightning. When you talk, there is no thunder and lightning. Are you with me? Yes. When God speaks, there is thunder and lightning. There is big and great sound. There is power everywhere when God speaks. And that's how we ought to speak. Mm. Mm. And that does not necessarily mean shouting. Mm. 
God doesn't, God doesn't shout. But when he speaks, power goes. The power flows out. We can see it in the elements of creation. When he allows water to flow, you know what happens? Everything in his wake is pushed down and is gone. God's power is illustrated. He can do the same in our personal lives. Amen. As we speak in holiness, as we speak in righteousness, as we speak in the authority of the Holy Spirit, things begin to happen. Amen. So I have put it there. I have said, receive. Receive. Receive means that you not only accept Jesus, but you surrender 100% to him. You submit totally to him, to his will, to his power, to his authority. Submission, total game, handing over. You see, and I'm talking here of allowing what is priority in your life to be Jesus Christ. Loving him. And loving him, not just talking with your mouth, Lord Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Eh, you can talk, I love you, I love you plenty, but if. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. How many I love you have you not know, said in the world before? <laughs> Huh? You have said 100 I love you to many, many people before. But can you tell me that that I love you to this one is the same thing as I love you to this one? Is it the same? Was it the same? No. Uh, come on, answer the question. <laughs> it has never been the same. Uh, I love you, give it. <laughs> yeah, I love you. You think that I love you, I said to give it, it's going to be the same thing I love you to Leah. <laughs> you know Leah, Leah is my wife. Right? She's working, so she's all here. Hey. And Leah and Priscilla and Gabby and Yenutibat and Ebenezer, those are my kids. This I love you that I say to all four, five of them, it's also not the same, eh? <laughs> Yet the love I love you I say to Jesus Christ is even more intense than the one I say to all of them. That's what surrender means. That's what commitment means. I am committed 100% to living to honor God, to living to please Jesus Christ, living to his taste. You live to the taste of Jesus. Are you understanding me? I say to what? You live to the taste of Jesus. So you find, what fashion does Jesus Christ like? What shoe does Jesus Christ like? What kind of food does Jesus Christ like? What kind of friends does Jesus Christ like? Are you understanding me? Put all of those into one basket, shift them. Which one Jesus doesn't like will fall out, and the one Jesus likes will remain in your basket. You go with that and run with it. Amen? Amen? That commitment of loving Christ puts you completely in a different environment than your commitment to all other things and people. Because you are living within the kingdom range. Yeah. You are living within the range when Jesus Christ stretches his hand, it touches you, and power flows into your life. And when the power flows into your life, you begin to exhibit that power. You begin to exhibit that authority. How do you do? What do you do to get that authority? Gain some knowledge. 
I say what? Don't be ignorant like me at 14. Gain some knowledge. Go search in the scriptures. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what does he mean to me? Search the scriptures. Look into the word of God. Read and find everything that you can lay your hands on, on the Holy Spirit. When you have understood everything that God says about himself, as expressed in the Holy Spirit, submit, surrender, and say, Lord, I want you. 100%. One hundred percent. Life is not interesting without the Holy Ghost. So I can assure you about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I say what? Life is not interesting without the Holy Ghost. Because you know what? You cannot fake love. You cannot fake joy. You cannot fake peace. And all those things you can only have authentically and for all time only and only when the Holy Ghost is filled you. Yes. Those things you cannot fake. You cannot fake being a peaceful, a man of peace. You cannot fake being joyful. You cannot fake being faithful. You cannot fake being kind. You cannot fake being self-controlled. You cannot fake those things. You cannot imitate them. They are only authentic when the Holy Ghost has absolute control of your life. Do you find yourself lacking in all those things that I'm mentioning? That's the fruit of the Holy Ghost in Galatians 5 and verse 22. It's one of the texts I've given here. When you have the Holy Ghost fully in control, you don't need to struggle to have those things expressed in your life. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost, who lives in you, will start to bear that fruit. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what makes the difference between you and the man in the world. Yeah. So you need to open up your heart. And then you ask God simply in faith. In John 16 and verse uh, 23 and 24, Jesus Christ said, Until now you haven't asked anything, but you ask whatever you will, and yeah. I will give. Yeah. Yeah. Until now you haven't asked anything. Yeah. Until now you haven't asked anything, but you ask. And I will give. Have you asked God for the Holy Spirit? It's actually I'm preaching the last part of my sermon before I go to the second part. Amen? So that you will get these steps fully ingrained, completely understood. The other ones, if I don't get to them, go and read in the scripture and you will see for yourself. But let's go on to, um, what's my second slide? If you can go down to the end of the, the third slide. And I'll show you, I think it's a map, eh? Or something like that. I don't have it before me. Yes. You see, after Paul um, got to Ephesus, can you see Ephesus on the map very carefully? No. You can't see? Yes. Can you see? No. I will show you Ephesus on the map. Ephesus is here. Here. That's Ephesus. And it was a port city like Rotterdam, which is a port city. A port city means a harbor city. Uh, all the big ships, they come there. You know, in those days, there were no railways, no cars. Uh, the only travel between places were by horses and carts. Um, but if you know this region very carefully, it's a very mountainous region. So traveling with horses and carts also was not possible. So to maintain trade with the rest of the world, they only traveled by ship. So uh, Ephesus was a very important, a very important uh, place to, uh, to get to. But 
could happen only with uh, the sheep. So Paul went to Ephesus, as we have read, and then he stayed there for two years. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost told him to stay there. He didn't do things out of his own volition. Paul followed the instruction of the Holy Ghost. God knew that this is a place where if you remain, my word will spread. People will come and trade and they will take away what they hear about me and take it back home. And that is what happened. If you read, there's a testimony that somebody said, eh? somebody who wasn't a Christian, in chapter 19, number 26, this is, um, the one talking here is named Demetrius. In verse 24, his name is given. A silver smith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis. This is what he said in verse 26. And you see, and here, this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and practically the whole province of Asia. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It says, Paul, by staying in Ephesus, let practically everybody in the province of Asia, oh, where's the map again? Everybody in Asia, that was the only part of the map, practically everybody in that region had heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Paul was there in Ephesus. That's the only part. That's the half of Turkey. Modern day Turkey, that's half of it. You know how many times Turkey is uh, bigger than Holland? 19 times. Turkey is 19 times as large as Holland. So 19 divided by 2 is how many times? Mathematicians. Uh, this one is primary school master. 19 divided by 2. How much? Huh? Nine and a half. So nine and a half the size of Holland, head of the gospel. Because Paul has settled in Ephesus. Yeah. Nine and a half the times of Holland. Yeah. Um, so we are very small. Holland is very small. Yeah. Can we let the whole of Holland hear about us? Yeah. <laughs> are you following my logic? Yeah. Yeah. We can let the whole of Holland hear the sound of Jesus. Yes. If we operate in the same power, in the same authority that Paul operated. Yeah. Mm. Because if nine and a half the size of Holland head of Jesus, because Paul settled in Ephesus, then only Holland, this small country, can hear of Jesus ringing out of Wageningen. Because Holland is too small. In less than an hour, you have traveled from one end to the other. Uh, maybe a bit exaggerated. If you go from a uh, from Enschede to Amsterdam, it takes about three hours, maybe. Normally, when I go to Enschede, it takes about an hour and a half. And here to Amsterdam, it's about uh, 45 minutes. So, that's not too big. But can we, men of people, women of God, can we say with the same authority that we can make all and hear of Jesus by the power and authority that we demonstrate in the Holy Ghost. Receive. Receive him. Receive him. And when you do, his word will be glorified. 
That's the one and only reason why God and Jesus Christ gave the Holy Spirit to his church. In verse 17, let's read it together. In verse 17, he says, when this became known, what became known? What became known is before seven sons of Kiva decided to also go and, <laughs> and mimic Paul. Hey, I challenge you, demon, and this guy, you, in the name of Jesus Christ, who Paul preaches, go out. And the demon said, eh. Oh, you are, who say, Nana? You? <laughs> what? Okay. The name Jesus Christ I have heard before. And Paul also I know. But who are you? <laughs> and one man, he beat them, seven of them all, and tore their clothes, and they ran out naked. And Bible says, when people heard this, verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Jesus was held in high honor. Because you can't mess up with Jesus' name. Huh? You cannot invoke that name if it is not coming out of your heart. You cannot pretend to be of him when he doesn't control your heart. Yeah. You cannot pretend to know him. No, it's, I told you, you cannot pretend. You can't pretend. But when you truly and honestly have him controlling you, whatever you say and do will glorify him. And that's what he wants to happen in our lives. When the Holy Spirit has filled us, baptized us, made us complete in him, we will glorify him. Amen. Our signs and wonders will be vast and extensive. Verse 6 and verse 10 tells that Paul, even people took the handkerchief of Paul. You know what is handkerchief? You know handkerchief? I went once when I was uh, still in, in Cali. Uh, in those days, I didn't speak that very well. And I wanted to buy a handkerchief. And I went to a shop, I think it was Zeman or so, and I asked the attendant, I want a handkerchief. <laughs> and the girl didn't speak any English. She said, what is handkerchief? <laughs> and I didn't know what the, the name of handkerchief in Dutch. So I said, ah, forget it. <laughs> then I walked around, around, around until I saw a handkerchief. People took away a handkerchief of Paul and went and laid it on people who were sick and they got healed. You know what made the difference? Was it the scent of Paul? No. no. Was it his smell? No. <laughs> the power of the Holy Ghost in his body affected his clothing and he took, people took it and they laid it on the sick and the demon possessed and they got healed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do we want that to happen? Yes. My brethren, do we want that to happen? Yes. Do we want the power of God to have that effect? Yes. I'm hungry for that. It can still happen because Jesus hasn't changed. It's still the same. And like I explained before, 
in, in Galatians 5 and 22, the Spirit will bear His fruit in you. And those fruit, you cannot mimic, you cannot fake them. The other thing that will happen when the power has full control over us is that anything that is evil that will encounter us must give way. You know what happened to the people of Ephesus? When they were fully convinced about Jesus Christ, empowered and walked in authority, they came and they confessed and they handed over all their idols. Mm. And Bible says 50,000 denials. You know the value of that today? Six million dollars worth of idols and books were handed over to be burned. Six million dollars worth. They handed over to be burned because they were absolutely convinced Jesus is the absolute. His Holy Ghost had empowered them and they wanted to live for him and no one else. Amen. In verse 20 he says, in this way the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. That's what I desire. That's what God desires. That's what this church desires. That the word of God will grow widely and powerfully. It doesn't happen in vacuum. It happens through you. It happens through me. Hallelujah. It begins with us desiring to be filled with the power that is above all powers. It happens with us not only desiring but seeking earnestly to be filled with the power that is above all powers. Being filled in the Holy Ghost. And I've told you in the beginning how it can all happen. Surrender to Jesus absolutely. Seek and understand who the Holy Spirit is. That you can accept him. Understand that he cannot live with sin. Hand that over. Hand that sin over. It's an idol in your life. Throw it away. Whatever it is, that is will block the Holy Spirit. Throw it away. I'll give you two testimonies and then I'm going to close. They said, I have only two minutes left. No problem. The first testimony is that a young man came to me and made a confession. He said, you know what? I have this problem. It was a very serious problem. And I said, the answer is the Holy Ghost. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. I will pray with you. And I prayed for him. And the Holy Ghost took control. You know how I knew the Holy Ghost took control? It's not always that people have to fall and then the Holy Ghost is taking control. But he immediately started speaking in a language I didn't understand. Hallelujah. Like happened here in Ephesus. He started talking in a language I didn't understand that he also didn't understand. Amen? He was saying, Shiva kakakakakaraba, razikekeremobo. And I said, what's happened to this gentleman? But even at that time that he was talking, I didn't speak in tongues at that time. Praise the Lord. But I prayed for him and Holy Ghost took control of his life and he started speaking in this crazy language. And I said, what is happening to this guy? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know what happened? The problem that he was encountering, that was the end of it. Praise the Lord. 
Praise Allah. Oh, so the power of God was flowing through my hand. And he was talking in tongues, and I wasn't talking in tongues. But you know what? I tell you one thing. If God is happy to work through you, yeah, he will use you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. And you must be surrendered. Yes. The second testimony is this one. Another lady came. It wasn't a young man. This one, it was a lady. She came and said, I am seeing things in my eye. Everywhere I'm going, I'm seeing things. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, seriously. He said, and the doctors, my family is telling me that I should go and see a doctor. I said, that must be really serious. See, so, yeah, I sit down, and then some people come and sit next to me, and they're talking, and I start talking, and then I said, oh! <laughs> then it's really serious. Very, very serious. See, so, you know what? Uh, we have, we need to pray. So you come, come to my house. I'll tell you how I, I, met, I, I encountered this young lady at um, Navigators. I was there to teach on uh, spiritual warfare. So she had the examples I gave about uh, this young doctor who uh, one the demon wanted to destroy her, was throwing her from wall to wall. And she was like, eh, I think I need to go and listen to this guy properly. So she came and then I said, she came with her boyfriend. While I was praying for her, she collapsed on the ground, boom. And the boyfriend started shivering and said, shall we call an ambulance? I said, no, 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 don't call an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a case of calling an ambulance. The God, the Holy Ghost is working, hallelujah. Amen? amen? The Holy Ghost can do things, so amen? amen? Yeah, he can let you collapse, amen? amen. But he can also let you stand firm. Yeah. But whatever happens, there will always be results. Yeah. It don't happen. In the name of Jesus, those evil spirits that she was seeing, that she was talking, that was the end of story. Yeah. Oh yes, we can do better. We can clap with Jesus. Yeah. She got married to that young guy and then they have got three kids now. And they serve God seriously. Yeah. Very seriously. Because the Holy Ghost is still in charge. Amen. He will be in charge of you also. Amen. He wants to be in charge. Amen. Will you give him room today? Yes. Will you give him all the room? Yes. Will you give him all the room? Yes. Then let us rise. And we are going to pray. I said, simply ask. Yes. Simply ask. And God is 100% willing and ready to pour him over you. Oh, yes. yes? We're going to sing. We're going to say, God. You alone are great. You alone are great. And we want you to have absolute control, to have absolute control of our life because we want him. You alone are God. And we surrender. You know that song? Jesus, I want you to know. Oh. And. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Let's just worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Worship Him and say, say that He's Alpha and Omega. You are Alpha and Omega.
the team worship, the leaders in worship, I just wanted to speak to God. I wanted to speak to the Holy Ghost. I wanted to speak to Jesus. Make your confession. Make your confession to Him. If you were ignorant, if you are so ignorant like I was when I was 14, you make that confession to Him. So Lord, I am ignorant of your Holy Spirit. I'm ignorant. I am not, I don't understand what baptism is, and I want you to baptize me. I want you to come in my life. I want you to be absolutely in charge of my life. Open your heart up to him. Open your arms. Open your heart. Say, like Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, I am knocking at your door. Remember, when Jesus made that statement, he was speaking to his church. He wasn't talking to people outside the church. He was talking to his church. And he says, I am knocking at your door. So church, God is standing today and is knocking at every individual heart door and he's saying, open up, I want to come in, I want to eat with you, I want to, make, I want to eat with you, I want to have fellowship with you, I want to be part of your life, I want to sit at table with you. Jesus wants to dine with you. You open up your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come in. I want you to take absolute control. I want you to be in charge. I want you to fill me. Fill me until there is no empty place. Until there is nothing of myself left. If you will make that cry to Jesus, today you will not go home the same. You will go home the same. Because he is right here and he wants to make that difference. He wants to fill you. 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 And he wants you to be able to go out and be a woman of substance, a man of substance. Someone, when you speak, demons hear. When you speak, the sick get healed. When you speak, wonders happen. That's what God is desiring to have of you today. You open up to him and cry. Make that confession of your ignorance. Say, Lord, God. Take absolute control. Have I described you well today? Wherever you are, raise up your hand. If you are still in ignorance, if you still don't know who the Holy Ghost is in your life, wherever you are, raise up your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask the Holy Ghost to come into your life. Just like Paul prayed for all those people. I am going to pray with you. And like happened in several people's lives, I am trusting that God will make that difference in your life. Pray, 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 and talk to God. Say, Lord, I don't want to leave this place the same. I don't want to leave this place the same way I came. I don't want to leave this place the same way I came. I want to go out of this place filled in the authority of the Holy Ghost. Build in the power of the Holy Ghost because your word says so. You shall receive power. You shall receive power, says the Bible. That's 1 verse 8. You shall receive power. Receive that power and don't live the same life anymore. Father, in the name of Jesus, 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 your people stand before you today. And they cry. They say, we want to be filled. We want to be filled. We want to be filled. Father, like you did to the efficient people. 
Fill them. Fill them. Fill them. Baptize them. Let there be no empty space in their hearts. Until the whole of this area hears and understands that we serve a God who is greater, powerful, who is able, who is faithful. Let's give him all the praise because he has said yes. there are any in armies today who are physically challenged one way or the other, heal them in the name of Jesus. Don't only baptize us, but heal also in the name of Jesus. Heal in the name of Jesus. Heal in the name of Jesus. Heal in the name of Jesus. Father, if there are any that are doubting today, I break down that wall of doubt in their lives in Jesus' mighty name. We pull down the strongholds in their lives, in their brain, in their thinking. Those strongholds, we pull them down in the name of Jesus. And we liberate them and set them free to start to think like people of heaven. Because that's who we are. To the glory and honor the one and only mighty King, Jesus Christ, the exalted one, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let the church say hallelujah.